This episode discusses topics around mental health that might disturb some listeners. If you are affected, please contact your nearest medical support immediately. For Australian listeners, you can contact Lifeline on 131114. Hello everyone, welcome to Mind Tuning. My name is Will. And I'm Martina. And today we're going to look at the song The Unforgiven by Metallica, which was the second single from their fifth studio album, self-titled, but also known as The Black Album. So this is once again one of those songs that we have a history with of playing at bars and it seemed to really suit that environment. Lots of reflective moments in the lyrics. I might start off with the first lyric and in particular where James Hetfield sings that the human is downtrodden from birth in a way. There's this idea that upon joining the world you are being subdued as the lyrics say. I think the lyrics also say new blood joins this earth and quickly he's subdued. He has his will taken away. Already it's ominous, the sense in this song. Uh, yeah, beyond ominous. I mean, the tragedy is already... <laughs> he, he's barely born and already he's given no chances, basically. Yeah, I remember listening to this song quite a few times with you and elsewhere and wondering to what extent it was autobiographical. And it seems that it is. It seems that James Hetfield was talking about how he had experienced particularly the formative years of his life and and now reflecting on it. And you see that in the song when the lyrics change, that the next phase of the song is where he, he is reflecting much later in life. And that classic line, really catchy to sing along to in the bar or elsewhere, where he sings uh, that he's never shined through in what he's shown. And so he dubs himself, he dubs the, the unforgiven. Funny enough, and I don't know if this relates to the original sin, I, I never quite understood this line of dubbing the unforgiven because it, it, there's no... There's no reference to anything he may have done other than him being born. Uh, and, and so I sense there is some religious undertone and potentially uh, if we stick with that religious undertone, just trying to free himself from the grasp of religion and the control of religion. But beyond that, I got very emotional <laughs> listening to this song recently. It, it wasn't in my usual in the usual context in which we've listened to it uh, in recent past, 
or in my teenage years when it came out. And I thought about all forms of oppressed lives, be it, you know, in war or relationships. And I felt that this could apply to quite a number of situations. But uh, I recently had conversations with colleagues who are also parents of immigrants, whose parents also grew up or, or spent a significant part of their lives in a country that was at war or with oppressive regimes. And we talked about how our parents raised us and what characteristics uh, come. We found that they had a number of common characteristics, uh, which seemed to be typical from parents who have escaped these kinds of situations of war-torn countries, oppressive regimes. And even though physically they've escaped, mentally they're always still there. It's Mm. incredibly hard to free yourself from a lifetime of oppression. And I I was watching the, the video, and you see the life of this boy in a cave, in a prison... It's not exactly clear that he's trying to escape, but he, he's obviously struggling. And at the end, you can see him not quite crawling through the rubbles, but creating an opening in the wall, and you see the light, and then he just dies in that room and never really escapes. Yeah, I suppose the, the great question you asked in that is, what is he unforgiven for? And you're right, the religious element is, it would have to be there, like that notion of the fall the idea that as soon as you're born, you're a sinner. And so that's there. And then I think also he, in a way, is characterizing himself as unforgiven because he has allowed himself to be downtrodden and subdued, as he says, and have his will taken away from him from birth. And he says that he sings those lines about um, they dedicate their lives to running all of his life. And what does he do about it? He tries to please them all. This bitter man, he is one of the best lines in the song. And so then you get, as you've just alluded to, to the later verses and the later thoughts and the sort of the narrative of this guy's life. And he accentuates the fact that he is unforgiven because as an old man, he's preparing to die regretfully. So I completely agree with everything you just said. Um, the, the unforgiven aspect of it is tied into those two features. And I, I thought about it also, and, and I mentioned earlier how this could apply to various situations, oppressive relationships and regimes and, and all that. And I thought about mental health as well. People who are stuck in in that world of theirs, uh, whether it's anxiety or schizophrenia or or depression, and it's also a prison that you're trying to escape. And I can't pretend to know well any of these mental health conditions, but I feel like there would be moments of clarity during a lifetime of, of struggling with these conditions where you know you can come out of it, you want to come out of it, you know there are ways to come out of it. And then somehow it keeps sucking you back in. And I I can't imagine how difficult that must be. Instrumentally, 
Like the song has this real sway to it, right? Like it's, it has like its gnarly, heavy, Metallica guitar soundy verse. And then inversely, like a, a reflective, softer chorus. Mm. And I'm thinking about what you just said in terms of if you're afflicted by certain forms of mental health and you'd have these moments of clarity. And it's almost like the choruses, the, the sound is much more thin and then there's a lot more space in the sound of the, and it's almost beautiful, the chorus. And it's almost like this moment of self-reflection. And the instruments give this sense of the roller coaster of mental health where you're really in the anguish of it during the verse, but then the chorus, you're kind of admitting to yourself what I felt, what I've known, never shined through and what I've shown, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and, and see, the chorus for me was more the surrendering, the accepting mm-hmm. the feet mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a, the most pessimistic way. Okay, like, okay, so a different, yeah. I, during the verse, he's angry. He says that that never from this day his will they'll take away. He's like, I'm not gonna let them get to me. Right, right. And then comes the the chorus, and he's just defeated. He's like, I can't. I give up. And at the very end, you know, uh, he goes, Yeah, as you said, that old man here is me. You know, who just died regretfully because he didn't free himself from the oppression. funny you say that about the chorus because there was something about it that I thought indicated that they were kind of resigned to it which is what you're saying Mm. and the fact that it's so repetitive you get this sense of the subject of the song they're also stuck in this loop and it's going round and round in their mind the regret the regret the regret I haven't done enough with my life and then interestingly at the very end of the song when they're still singing that loop of what I've felt what I've known never shined through and what I've seen it might be the very final time or the final couple of times, he, he growls it. And mm. so he doesn't just sing it the way that he sings it in a more pleasant way during the rest of the song in a resigned way. It's almost like a certain anger yeah. rising up again. Yeah, this, yeah, yeah. This, this therefore to me isn't a song of begins in mental anguish and ends in, oh, a great positive uh, point of mental hope, but rather it seems like there's a, a loop. Yeah, and that's why... When the lyrics say that he dies regretfully, the video actually shows a very peaceful man dying, presumably dead, uh, uh, mm-hmm. on, on the ground. And on his face, there was no pain anymore. There's no anguish, unlike the rest of the video, where you can see the man struggling and, and writing on the walls and, and scratching the walls and clearly in pain, physically and mentally. So even though he dies regretfully, I think also he's happy to finally stop suffering. Yeah, in that context, there is a futility to the mindset of the singer of James Hetfield, and if indeed it is autobiographical, then he is the subject. In the last few choruses, last two of them, there are lyrics which don't appear elsewhere, and he says, you labelled me, I'll label you, so I dubbed thee unforgiven. I'm going to speculate there that the labelling that is going on there is labeling oneself as unforgiven but also labeling other people as unforgiven and the notion of them controlling him is then inverted and he's saying sure my identity is subjugated um, to an extent I'm, I'm subservient to you 
but actually so are you to me and we're all unforgiven in a way we're all full of regrets we're all living this looped mindset of regret and feeling like we haven't fulfilled ourselves we're all in a way unforgiven and we all label each other as such you labeled me i label you so i don't be That's the last bit of energy he's got left to fight back. He's sort of reflecting on all that and going, well, you're the bad guy, but still he's not able to come out of it. There's that last bit of anger, you know. You label me, I'll label you. <laughs> he's very angry, but then for what? So, yeah, this got me very emotional because I, I listened to it and watched the video through a completely different lens. When it came out, I was... Uh, teenager full of anger you know and full of white privilege as well and then still thinking somehow that the world was unjust towards me aware but not not aware that I was having it very very easy and I had no reasons to be angry and the black album was huge when it came out for us well you'd like into Sandman nothing else matters wherever I may roam sad but true and it's one of those albums that I, I album. put in the same category as 10 from Pearl Jam, right. where, where all the songs are amazing. And speaking of Pearl Jam, when I was watching the video and watching that boy growing into an old man in prison in that cave, I had flashbacks of uh, the video from Jeremy, which appears on the album 10 from Pearl Jam. And I think we should do Jeremy at some point. Definitely. And I wonder what my teenagehood would have been like if I had been more into pop music like New Kids on the Block and yeah. Britney Spears and NSYNC and yeah. all these people. Yeah. But no, instead... Uh, got the good stuff. I got the good stuff. Never free, never me, so I don't be.